Hello, this is Daniel Gregory. Thank you so much for joining me today for this episode of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast, episode 392 of our little podcasting universe. Thanks so much again for tuning in. Hope you're having a wonderful week. Don't forget that coming up the week of October 3rd through the 7th is a free week of Lightroom training. I'll be teaching about metadata inside the library module, black and white conversions, and what I call cleaning up the goo that is Lightroom, which is if your Lightroom catalog is messed up so bad that you're not even sure where to start to get organized, this is the class for you. Also, don't forget there's a lot of other great classes and content that week from some amazing, absolutely amazing instructors. So make sure you take advantage of that week of free training. Head up to my website, danieljgregory.com and click on get your free pass. It's right there on the homepage. Can't miss it. Top of the page, big button you can push. One of the things that I've always found interesting about photography is the relationship to time. And I've talked a little bit about this in the past and several podcasts, but I'm always fascinated with how we perceive time because one of the things that the photography does, one of the things that the camera does is it's absolute in its sense of time. When we tell that camera a 60th of a second, it's a 60th of a second. When we tell it 90 seconds, it makes a 90 second exposure. Its relationship to time is marked by accuracy of measurement of time. And I don't want to have the philosophical discussion of whether we measure time properly or not. Let's just assume we do. And 60th of a second is 60th of a second. And my relationship to time is sort of warped in that sense. You know, I thinking on the pandemic, I tell people I'm like, oh, that just happened like six months ago. And they're like, uh, that was three and a half years ago. There's this weird, like two year, two and a half year squish in my brain for how I, I understand and perceive time. What seemed like just yesterday because of the pandemic and the loss of doing things that I used to mark time with, trips, seeing family, all that kind of stuff, has gotten a little more malleable, so to speak. And so my understanding of time is different than the camera's understanding of time. And one of the things that I've always found interesting is the, the dichotomy that exists between the, the camera's ability to process time, my relationship to time, and then the stress that unduly comes from that experience. And what I mean by that is I don't think it's just me that has this experience because I've heard it from a lot of other photographers, but they talk about, and I've talked about, that I'm just not picking up the camera like I want to. I'm not spending the time on my photography like I used to or like I think I need to. And this is one of the interesting areas where I think when we look at time and our experience of time, we can learn a lot because one of the things that I think we'd spend time on are the things that we believe to be important, that we believe that's true, that we spend our time on the things that matter to us. And I don't remember whose book it's in or who created the exercise, but there's a fascinating exercise of writing down the, your top 10 priorities in life, spending time with family, my job, uh, working in the yard, volunteering, taking photographs, spending time in nature, whatever it is. But you write down your top 10. Then on the other side of that piece of paper, you draw a line down the center. On the other side of that piece of paper, you write down what do you spend the most time on. What's fascinating is that in most cases, those lists don't match up. Work's, the most, work's not the most important thing. Family is, but I spend the most of my time at work. I miss my kids' soccer games because I'm working so that I can provide for my family. But what's most important to me is spending time with my family. We get stuck in this weird sort of infinity loop of, of craziness where we 
misappropriate our understanding of time. Now, I don't want to play therapy around family and spending time there or your work or your job or translating that. I want to talk about the photography because oftentimes I hear people say, I just don't spend any time on my photography. And I'm like, well, is it a priority for you? They're like, well, it's absolutely a priority that I'm not doing. And I think one of the things that's interesting about time is that is the only variable that we don't ultimately get more of. You know, I can get a job and make more money. I can spend more money. I can move. I can do different things, but I can't get back time. I can't go back and see a soccer game I missed. I wasn't there. That's now in the past. And when we think about how we prioritize, when we think about how we create the experience of our photography, is it truly a priority if we're not doing it? Is it a priority if I complain about not doing it? So really what's important is that I get to complain about not making photographs rather than making the photographs. And if you think about the amount of time you spend worrying about making photographs, should I be doing photographs? I wish I could get out and take more photographs. And you think about that and the little stress that comes in. And it may not be that it's a contiguous three-hour block where you sit at home with a cup of tea stressing about it, but over the course of a week, you think about it, it pops up. Somebody asks you about it, then it bothers you for a little bit here or there. You mull on it while you're going to sleep. And you get, say, 30 minutes a day. You could spend that 30 minutes actually taking the photographs. You could spend that 30 minutes editing photographs, processing photographs, printing photographs. You could spend that time in something related to the photography. But we oftentimes don't. We oftentimes rebalance, recreate the angst around how we perceive the time. And that's the part that's, to me, the most compelling in the conversation is we spend the time on the priorities that matter. So if we're not spending time on the photography, at this moment, our photography is not rising to the level that it matters the same. And that's probably okay. It's not like something always stays a priority. Something always stays at a certain point in the list. There's a fluidity to that. There's a dynamic nature to the way we approach how we do things. So I do think for a lot of us, we may experience the loss of our photography by not picking up the camera, longing for it to be a priority, longing to pick up the camera because of the payout of the creativity and the learning and the scene and the engagement that we had when we made photographs. But something has changed. Something in life has changed. So as we think about our approach and the nature of that problem, if we're truly interested in recommitting and reengaging with the photography, the ultimate answer is to pick up the camera and to start to make photographs. It becomes the thing we do that then feeds the engine that has us make more photographs. And there is no way to rationalize ourselves out of this. There is no way to say, photography is the priority. Photography is the thing I want to be doing. I want to be making more photographs, but I'm never going to pick up the camera to make it happen. We either then at that point sell off the camera gear and let it go or pick up the camera. So assuming if you're still at this point listening to me eight minutes into the podcast, we're picking up the camera. So how do we go about understanding that prioritization? And this is one of the things that I think we learn a lot in the approach to photography. If we start to break things down a little bit into how we think about the simplicity of photography. 
So one time I was having a conversation with a set of photographers and we were joking that uh, one of us was going to apply for the patent on F56 at 125th of a second. That was a copyright patent we were going to apply for. So that every photograph ever made at that was in violation of our copyright and patent legal standing. We could, you know, basically sue anybody we want as patent trolls. Now, entertaining conversation to have over a beer at the bar. But that idea, that basic notion that something so simple as an f-stop and a shutter speed defines the photograph. As we think about how we approach our photography, that, that being stuck in a, a middle state of the priority, but it's not happening. If we could take our photography and break it down into very simplistic things. So when we think about making the photograph and we start to think about, well, I got to get the camera, the camera bag. I got to get the lens. I got to get out to photograph the thing that I want to photograph. I got to look at the weather. I got to figure out who's going to watch the kids. I got to check on the car. All this variability comes up that are impediments to our psychology of getting to the camera. But yet the simplicity of a shutter speed and an f-stop to make the photograph. So if what if the psychology of getting past that is as simple as making a f-stop decision? I'm going to work at f8 today. What does that mean? What does it mean to work at f8? What's it mean to work at f22? What's it mean to work at f 1.8. Shutter speed wise, what's the difference between working at 500th of a second and working at 90 seconds? If we start to think about what's possible in our approach, at the basic question we would ask, what variables do I control? I can control how I spend time. I can control grabbing the camera. I can control an f-stop on the camera. I can control a shutter speed on the camera. So if I set out and say that I'm going to work today on my photography at a shutter speed and an f-stop, what would that look like? And not picking up the camera to make that happen, but rather maybe it's on a note card. Maybe it's on a post-it note. Maybe it's in a notebook journaling. Maybe 125th of a second at 5.6 is sitting in the bar arguing with your friends about what makes good photography, that that's 125th at 5.6. Maybe engaging with photography at 45 seconds at F22 is packing my camera equipment. Maybe if I start to identify 160th of a second at F56, I'm going to make portraits. That is going to have a certain look a certain aesthetic. And we write down and we jot down what is it at the basic level of what is a shutter speed? What is an f-stop? And tie it to an event. So that when we start to think about prioritization again, and we start to come back into that variable of time in our lives and how we approach our photography, by saying today is a 60th of a second at 5-6 sort of day, and you know what that means from what you're doing with your photography, how you emotionally feel about your photography. You're now using the language of photography to articulate that, that in your own head, you can reinforce the importance of your photography in your everyday life, not as a, I wish I was doing it, 
but as a start to think of your life as if it were photography. That alone might be enough for you to start to understand the variability of it's not how much time we give to something. It's what we do in the time that we give up. Quality time with family and friends is more important than eight miserable hours with family and friends. If I go to work and I'm at work for 10 hours and they're a miserable 10 hours, but I can come home and I get to go outside with a family and we have a great three hours. At the end of the day, the three hours spent in amazing activity trumps the 10 hours of miserable work. Where we get caught is 10 hours of miserable work followed by 10 hours of miserable work followed by 10 hours of miserable work leads us to not have the experience of the joy that comes from the smaller events and smaller time. So as you think about your photography, again, it's a mindset that we approach. How do I create the things that matter to me? How do I make sure that when I'm in those moments that every one of those moments matters? And I think that if you start to think of, again, everything in your life related back to the most basic questions we ask behind the camera, f-stop and shutter speed, you might find it's an interesting shift in your psychology about how you think about not having enough time to think about your photography. And who knows, you might even make a few more photographs. Have a wonderful week behind the camera. I hope I've given you a few things to think about. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with me. Don't forget free Lightroom training for the week of October 3rd through the 7th. Click on that homepage, sign up for that link. Also, if you're really interested in that training, you can get a VIP pass, save yourself $60 if you buy it before the conference starts. And that information's up on the website. If you just click on that big button, you'll learn all about that pass as well. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week.